You know, we haven't been invited to the, the Academy Awards for 10 years, and we didn't slap anybody. Not yet. Keep Will Smith's um, name out your fucking podcast. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I know that, Mr. Man. They also call them cereals. I'm not stupid, you know. The story is ludicrous. You can imagine where it goes from here. Victor's the cable. Everyone knows the glorious story of the child born in a faraway manger. Well, this isn't that story. This is Monty Python's all-new Life of Brian. He was born into the golden age of Roman rule. In those days, getting stoned wasn't against the law. It was the law. And things looked bad for the people of Jerusalem until Brian dropped in. What would they do to me? Oh, you'll probably get away with crucifixion. Crucifixion? Yeah, first offense. They think I'm the Messiah, Mum. Ah! The Messiah! There's no Messiah in here. There's a mess, all right, but no Messiah. Tough luck, Jerusalem. He wasn't the Messiah. He was a very naughty boy. Terrific race, the Romans. Terrific. All right. Hey, it is a it's a it's a, a miracle that this podcast has been resurrected as Jesus was because um, in theory we we just recorded twenty minutes and um, and it, it was didn't gold. record it was fucking gold and it you, was and here's the thing we are going to crucify our sound guy Greg yeah crucify but him but at the end of the podcast because we need him to record this first but this is the Black Dog Video After Dark podcast this being Black Dog Video this being uh, After Dark although we are still a little bit it's, in the gloaming yeah, stop saying uh, gloaming okay sorry Twilight it's, a, it's like the, one of the worst words ever gloaming it just it sounds, has like awful sound to it Twilight's gloaming. last gleaming Twice gloaming, gloaming is my mother's middle name. Really? No, you idiot. No one's <laughs> named that. It's a horrible word. Well, um, Edith Gloaming Grimer, <laughs> whatever. <I> Edith. <laughs> I assume it's a Although my name. grandmother was named Winifred, so you're not that far off. Anyway, she, she uh, we are in um, a video store on Commercial Drive in East Vancouver. We literally just talked for 25 minutes about uh, Monty Python's The Life of Brian, and we were really getting into it. Yeah, and sure and it turns out uh, God struck us down. Yeah. Um, so we, we so we have to start over Michael again. Bryan. So so if we sound a little bit uh, hurried, that's the reason why. Or my, frazzled, or maybe even a little angry. Frazz, I'm the, maybe enraged. Enraged, yeah. engorged. Um, my name is Dylan Reimer. I am a comedian, and I do all kinds of things. And one of the things I do is I work here at Black Dog Video, and I'm one of the hosts of this podcast. What and else so, do you do, Dylan, besides... Uh, I introduce the guy sitting to my right. Oh, ah, okay. And that, as always, is... I'm Alex Chisholm. I also work at Black Dog Video, Commercial Drive, and I'm also a programmer and jack of some trades. At the Rio Theater, 1660 East Brooklyn. What kind of trades? The kind that are needed around a movie theater. Rough trade. Uh, And who are you, woo man? (laughs) I'm Darren Gay. I'm the uh, owner of this uh, decrepit, crumbling, shoddy, perspiring establishment in the bowels of East You built it in your own image then. Yes, I have. Yes. Um, and we are doing a special Easter episode. First of all, apologies to um, uh, our litany of listeners. Yeah, our army of listeners. We actually the have, Black Dog Army. We're, we're, we're picking up. Uh, we have a it's, our congregation. It, it, it of might be a, more of a cult than an army at this That's point, okay. or maybe just maybe more of it's a, a small like, army. It's more of a battalion. Maybe yeah. it's a territorial army. I don't know. Yeah, someday uh, the Kiss it's like, Army. It's like a Girl Guide's worth of army. It's the reserves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, we couldn't do it last week because one of us had to go and get COVID. Stupid but COVID. we are back. 
And uh, for Easter, we are talking about 1979 comedy classic Monty Python's The Life of Brian, directed by Terry Jones. Now, Alex, this is your pick, so why don't you uh, fill us in on, yeah, on your experience? Tell us again uh, your experiences <laughs> and uh, with this movie and, uh, and why you chose it. I picked it because it's a wonderful Easter movie. It's super popular here at the shop around this time of year. And it, it's on, you know, a lot of people's minds around this time of year. I think film fans' minds. We usually yep. show it at the Rio Theater at this time of year. But there is some kind of rights issues. I don't know all the ins and outs. Last year we tried to show, or not last year, but the last time we tried to show it anyway, we were prevented not because of COVID, but because Cineplex, even worse than COVID, had the Cineplex exclusive rights for it. Has Cineplex killed millions of people? And uh... <laughs> <laughs> Alex, continue. Come on. It's a wonderful film this time of year. Yes, it is. And uh, I first learned, I yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh I just God. thought it was a good pick. I don't know. I'm uh, totally tripped up. No, no, we're, we're tripped up because we, so ju- we just did this. It, you know, it, it, and it's like having to reintroduce yourself on a first date. Trying to keep you, it fresh. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. like... Uh, yeah, it's it's and weird. It's I a, first it, learned of it. I saw. I was always a big Monty Python fan, but it was the last of the movies I saw. I didn't see it until the nineties, sometime. I saw segments of it in a doc, CBC documentary about Monty Python that aired in like the late eighties, early nineties. They showed scenes from it and talked about its controversy. And they showed a scene from a famous debate they had with a major figure in the Anglican Church. And as well as Malcolm Muggeridge. And it's just a very, uh, yeah, it was a movie I always wanted to see. And then I finally did in the 90s. It's not my favorite Python, but it's a movie what is your I like Python? a lot. Oh, hands down, Holy Grail. Yeah, same, same Holy movie. Grail's an all time favorite film, period. Me too. That's probably the movie I've seen the most of any movie is Monty Python the whole Really? Movie. Even over like Slapshot or over uh, Slapshot over the Road Warrior? It's Tap? up Spinal there Tap. with Spinal Tap and Holy Grail are probably my two favorite comedies. Yeah. So, I've see, seen see, the, Spinal I've seen... Tap's definitely my favorite. Favorite comedy, but Holy Grail's up there with the Holy Grail. I find holds up better than Spinal Tap does. I watched Spinal Tap with my kid a few uh, about two years ago, maybe because he doesn't understand any of the references. He's <laughs> not growing up in the era of classic. Yeah, rock. yeah. Um, but he didn't find it funny. He well, didn't really know what was going on. What, what it, Spinal Tap? Yeah. Uh, well, I, but he I, loved it, the Holy it, Grail. You kind of have to know Stadium Rock, Dinosaur Rock. Yeah, like AM. It's radio. still it's still really funny, but. Holy Grail, I've probably seen at least thirty-five times. And I, See, okay, so Holy Holy Grail is your <laughs> your Holy Grail is my life of Brian, basically. Yes, exactly. Yes, and your life of Brian is my Holy Grail. Um, when did you first see Life of Brian? Uh, it probably would have been in the eighties sometime. Um, I remember because I was big into Monty Python back then, and when it came out on uh, on home video, uh, probably when I was about I don't know, fuck. 15, 16, 17 years old or whatever. I don't know when it came out, but when it came out, I watched it and I thought it was great, but not as good. Maybe just because I've never, I've always found religion really boring. Right. And the subject matter didn't enthuse me at all, although I liked the message and stuff. Um, but the only thing that I remember taking away from it was the uh, awesome alien scene, which I thought was really hilarious. And I, it's still really hilarious. I, when I first just saw how, that. how out of left field that is. I just, at, at, talk about, <laughs> yeah, left field is right. Yeah, talk about your deus ex machina. Deus ex machina. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, like, how are we going to get him to run away from the guards and survive the fall? Well, I mean, they could have just written him to not run up a, a, a tower. Yeah, it's true. You know, <laughs> but but it's such a funny, weird I, thing to do. I just, I yeah, when I first saw that, because it, it, it's 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 hilarious because it's it's a little self-contained movie all on its own. Oh, I know. Because and <laughs> actually, Terry Gilliam did direct that part of the movie. Did he? Yeah. yeah. In, in, I can in, see that. in typical Gar- uh, Gilliam fashion. Like, it's good. It has, he just goes off and does his own thing. It has Gilliam's like 
sperm all over that thing. It's got, yeah. yeah, it's got the weird the aliens. It, it's a, an eyeball, a yeah. hand holding an eyeball. Yeah. It's hilarious. But yeah, I, I've watched it a few times since. Um, I like it more the more I, the more I watched. I watched it, you know, just for this podcast again, and it's got some really good bits in it. Uh, some stuff I'm just I'm not too all that keen on. A lot of things because of the um, the way it's uh, enunciated and presented. I I'm, I'm lost of what they're saying. I can't understand a lot of the dialogue, huh. um, just because it's kind of yelly and British, and <laughs> and, and I'm getting old. But there's a lot, there's so much funny stuff in this. Huh. And, uh, it's 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 still it's still pretty great. See, I, see, I don't get lost at all. No. Well, I first saw this. Uh, aren't you British or something like that, or don't you? Don't you no, I just been see, to I, I'm just pale. Right. <laughs> um, I have red hair. People assume I'm British. Right. Or Irish. Irish. Um, Everyone thinks I'm Irish, but family Scottish, but we, we won't get into that. So basically, when I was, I guess, 14, 13, 14, my friend Russ Roth and I were... Um, you call him double R? Um, no. should have. R-R. Whatever. Anyway, um, so to retell this, even though we just did this but the, the, ago, This is all new to the listener, though. I know, I know, I know. Pretend so so I'm, I'm trying to sound like this is... Fresh this is, and it's spontaneous. Right. Yeah. Uh, basically, gr- I grew up watching um, Sunday night comedy on uh, on Channel 12 here in Vancouver, and they would always have like a block of two hours of, uh, of British comedy. So it'd be like On the Buses and uh, Blackadder or Dave Allen at Large. You know, and, and but then Faulty Towers was always my favorite, and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And and then I discovered Monty Python, and so my friend and I went down a bit of a like a rabbit hole. Back in and the I day. actually was not interested in Life of Brian. I can't remember if I'd seen um, Holy Grail, which one I saw first. I, I, I can't remember, but it doesn't really matter because once I saw Life of Brian, it just immediately. Just, it just I fell in love with it immediately. I, I just thought I couldn't believe how funny it was. Right. Yeah. And then rewatching it, you know, and, and that was God, that was thirty some odd years ago. But rewatching it today for this podcast, even though I've seen it, I've probably seen this movie 35, 40 times, and uh, it's the kind of thing I, ha- I have on the background. While you're making sandwiches, while I'm making sandwiches and doing push-ups, push-ups and <laughs> washing the dishes. <laughs> and uh, that was a, that was a really funny joke from oh, a- fr- from the the. the Metaverse, yeah. If only you could hear the that. Metaverse where yeah. this podcast did not did actually record twenty yeah. minutes ago. Um, anyway, I I just would have it on in the background. I've read the screenplay a few times. Like it just resonates with me for some reason, largely because I grew up in a very religious family, mm. and so like I like when I went to visit my grandparents, we only ever watched these serious movies about God and Jesus and the Bible, you know. <sighs> Ben Hur and, and the greatest and, story ever told. And so it's like static and so like you know it, serious. You know, just just yeah, just off. You know, and and then along comes this irreverent group of like you know drug addled Brits in the seventies. Were they drug addled? They were just definitely. But uh, no, oh no, no, well, no, no, well, no. I'm sure there were some. Well, whatever about, the case. Whatever. Uh, but I and mean, like you said in the part that didn't get recorded, Ebert pointed out, and they also Roger Ebert pointed out in his review of this movie. That it's also a parody of biblical films. Actually, that's how he describes it. He, yeah, he, he, he doesn't even. He, he's just like, never mind the hoopla, never mind the yeah. evangelicals protesting in the streets. Most of which had this ne- movie had, had is not just a very it. good, uh, like parody or satire of biblical films. Yeah, and it also, and they acknowledge that too in the special features. Although I was aware of it already because I've seen a lot of religious films too. I was raised strict Catholic and saw a lot of religious films, and I remember. Uh, Thinking that too, that it, it was also making fun of like certain conventions in those the, movies. The pomposity. And the pomposity, yeah. exactly. And in the special features, the Pythons acknowledge it because they researched and watched a lot of classic biblical films 
while they were working on this script. There must have been so much like comic gold. Oh, I those, imagine uh, them would have been. They would have been like their own little mystery science theater as oh, they yeah. watched. Them. That would be amazing to be a fly on the wall watching them watch. Well, you wouldn't be able to understand what they're saying because flies don't movies. understand what humans say. I, I, you know, watching a personal favorite moment from any of those old old biblical movies. Uh, is it the greatest story ever told where Ever G. Robinson plays Pharaoh? And he's like, where's your God now? Where's all, your God now? I think that's, I think They're that's, all mashed up. Well, also, uh, who else is in? John Wayne John is Wayne. in one. He's in, what is it, King of Kings or The Greatest Story? I never, I think I never watched those. Story he pronounces him dead at the end, Christ. He's the Roman soldier. Another, uh, you, you know the joke about that, though. But right? also the modern ones. There's like, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's uh, the director, Cecil B. DeMiller, whoever. Um, John Wayne, he, he plays a Roman centurion. Yeah. And, uh, was this, was this and, and when it, he was John Wayne or before he became John Wayne? No, he was John Wayne. Was he ever not John Wayne? I mean, like big star John Wayne. Oh, no, he was a big movie star. Uh, yeah, it, it's an it, all it's, star. It, it, it's like, it's like, like the, it's like the longest day, but for the Bible. Like, right. like everybody was like in Poseidon it. Like Adventure. Um, yeah. So, John, one of John Wayne's lines, or his, his last line in the movie is uh, This man truly was the son of God. So, he, so you get, he's like, this man truly was the son of God, yeah. and and then Cecil B. Miller, whoever directed, was like, um, yes, uh, John, um, not not quite feeling it. You just need to add a little more, uh, you know, like a little more awe, you know, a little more awe in it. And then John Wayne goes, "Well, uh, this man surely was the son of God." Now that's an old joke, yeah. that's pretty good. and I I wish it. I hope it's true because I hate John Wayne. Well, let's, yeah, me too. Let's go but with uh, let's later, go with that's true. But later, even later movies, I find about Christ are undermined by the genius of Life of Brian because, like, even like Last uh, Temptation of Christ, directed by Scorsese, which was like a lifelong dream project to him. Never like, I that. just cannot take you know the disciples seriously when it's like Harvey Keitel and like <laughs> David Bowie walks out as Pontius <laughs> the Pilate, Reservoir Disciples, and it's just like it's yeah, he's singing it's so Dogs. unintentionally funny. The last I've never had any Christ. interest. I was because I remember we were talking about what movie we were going to do for Easter, and you you, you were like Last Temptation of Christ or Life of Brian. Thank God you picked Life of yeah, Brian. Yeah. I have no interest in ever seeing. Movies are worth a watch at least once. Some of them, you know, are great. Some of them not. Some classics. Some not. Yeah, but uh, but Last Temptation of Christ, I chuckled all the way through. But again, another movie. That was so controversial yep. back in, when it first well, came out. And why? Because it's like Jesus takes a shit or something? Like that's what, That was the original title for it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like Ernest Goes to Camp. Well, that mm-hmm. was a lot of what a lot of critics who were defending at the time said it makes them too human for you know, the religious critics oh, of the movie. Okay, see. Well, how, well, how no, come? but the, I mean, critics who defended him were like, they try, who defended the movie were like, they're trying to make a look like they're making this religious deity icon a realistic flesh and blood guy in the movie, but uh, but that's and that's why well, people well, were freaking why, out. Why so. wasn't uh, Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ like? Oh why wasn't that, why wasn't God. that protested? People flocked to that to watch yeah, Jesus be tortured did, for two but hours. But it was considered very uh, reverential towards its subject. Oh my God! I never watched it. I saw it at the Van East Theater just for the controversy back in the day. I don't really remember anything. It was kind of like a horror movie, isn't it? Well, it's gory. incredible. I, they spare no. I mean. You know, Jesus was tortured to death, so it spares no expense yeah. in showing that. It's I, um, as gruesome as any super explicit horror movie. My, Mel my, likes the gruesome. My, da- my dad and I actually went to see that on Good Friday. Oh. Well, no, it, it wasn't a plan. No, no. <laughs> okay, we were drunk. 
<laughs> it was we, we we had a few beers. It's a great Friday. We were having a few beers at the Ivanhoe or the Camby or something, and we were talking about it. And I'm an atheist, and my dad is a Christian, and and, and we're just kind of like, you know, this movie, the you know, the uh, the whatever, the the Passion of the Christ or so on. And I was like, fuck it. Let's go see this thing. Yeah, and so we see. went to a like a three, we, a, a three o'clock matinee on Good Friday, <laughs> and we sat there, and there were just you know, and it was like a fairly full theater because it was Good Friday. Right? Was everyone and, else and drunk? The weirdest thing was there was a tr- the trailer, only one trailer for this movie before this movie, and it was like this Hillary Duff teenage uh, comedy. I thought it would have been like for the the new Omen movie or something. Wait. You would think it would not be a Hillary Duff movie, but anyway, um, and then and then basically. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't stop laughing through through uh, the Passion <laughs> of the Christ, and my dad hated it too. And then the only thing we've ever agreed on when it comes to religion is we both agree that that movie sucks. Yeah. My dad is offended as a Christian, and, and I'm and I'm I'm just offended as an as, as a an atheist because <laughs> it's like, well, what was that? As a, as a film enthusiast, I am offended because there's no story, nothing happens. He, it's a snuff movie, whatever. A snuff movie. And the fact that Jim Caviezel nice. got struck by lightning three times on the set. Really. Yeah, they had him up on the cross. He kept getting struck by lightning. <laughs> well, they shouldn't have used the metal cross, idiots. <laughs> That's right. They shouldn't have filmed outside. You know? um, yeah, I know. Put it in the soundstage. But it turns First out Jim, strike of lightning is when you move into a sound. But Jim Caviezel's a big like alt-right like QAnon lunatic now. Oh, so. I think so. Uh, maybe because of all those lightning oh, okay, strikes. Hit, but hitting it, God zapped yeah. <laughs> yeah. the cue into his head. I saw yeah. it down the street at the old Van East Cinema, which is now demolished. I love the Van East. That was a so great theater. I, but yep. I saw it there as a second run. Um, anyway, so back to the life of Brian. Now, oh, yeah. um, just as never, I guess never mind. I will actually, I will say this about the controversy. Why is it? And it's almost always religious groups. It's almost always like evangelical Christians. Why is it that they never have figured out? That the when they go into the streets and protest something that they don't like, it just sends millions flocking to see yep. the thing. Do you think they know this and they and they're just like whatever? Well, apparently they figured it out by the time Passion of the Christ came along because they didn't bother protesting. No, but see that in in that movie Jesus comes back. Yeah. At the spoiler alert, he comes back from what? the dead. At the at the very end, he, he like sits up like, "Whoa, what was that all about?" So indigestion. It, it was all just a dream. Yeah. Um, the Dallas version. Uh, no, it's uh, no, no, no. But, but, it's your but, but, favorite it's like, term. It's like the movie Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Well, you know, what, you know, I, I don't think that people that protest think that it's going to draw more publicity. But, to by the, the way, to Deus the Ex film. Machina is not my favorite term. My, fa- my favorite term is if this rigs a rockin', don't come a knockin'. Oh yes. Followed closely by Deus Ex. I thought it was like if, the, uh, if this rigs a mockin', don't, <laughs> I thought, I Deus thought, comes a knockin'. If this uh, God's a handin', don't bother. Standard. I don't know. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not bad. No, but it's just like okay. So, do you think okay? So, a Marilyn Manson album comes out, or a Nine Inch Nails music video, or whatever. Yeah, of course. And they're it always up, the or a book, or some fucking book, you know, that they don't like. I think that they do know it's going to increase the sales, and that's good for them because it gives them something that that, that they that they can be mad about, and they can get more money out of their followers. I. That's what I, I. That's why I think the Jim and Tammy Faye Bakers of the world, and the Oral Robertses of the world, and the Pat Roberts of the world. I think they they're glad that movies like Life of Brian come out because it gives them something to rail against. Something to rail against, and and, and something to say. You got to give me money so we can stop these horrible money Python right. people, right? Yeah, but but those those people are few and far between. Like the people that are going to protesting aren't those rich assholes that are you know buying jets with all their 
they're go- taking all the money from all the gullible fools who give them the money. Yeah. These are the gullible fools who are going to protest, the, thinking they're doing something as, you know, as like, well, standing up for my religious rights or whatever, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, they're dumb. They're dumb. And I don't think they see it as giving publicity to the thing they're trying to get that, not have, have publicity surely for. Surely one of them must have read a newspaper and, and gone, wait a minute, everyone's going to see this movie. I wonder if it's because mm. I'm protesting. No, it's because they think it's it's sin and they have to protest more. By the way, I mentioned this in the original recording, but didn't mention it in this fresh re-recording. <laughs> fresh. Our, our original recording tip. A religious movie that scarred me deeply as a kid is Moses the Lawgiver. I'm about to give some The Lawgiver? Law it's a terrible... Is it, is it a porno? It's generally I'm going to separate the Red Sea with my big staff. Sorry, there's all, all the jokes that I did it's the last not time. Cons- no, we got to get them back here. Uh. It's not considered a good movie at all and whatever. But, nobody's ever heard but of it. But I saw it when I was a kid. It stars Burt Lancaster. It was made in the early 70s. And it flopped theatrically. So then it was sold to television and serialized as a miniseries. And uh, it's an absolutely... Yeah, it's, a, it's a really poorly made remake of The Ten Commandments with Burt Lancaster as Moses. But it, it only has seven commandments a totally it. horrifying scene where all the boys born around the same time in areas Moses are rounded up and put in a caged wagon and then taken off and slaughtered on camera. And when I was a little how kid... Are they, how are they slaughtered? They're drowned in a river, but they're thrown into the river like boulders almost. Like, it's a really explicit scene. Uh-huh. But what's even scarier than the actual killing of the kids is they're being pulled out of women's hands and stuff in the town square and put into this wagon that has like it's as a wooden cage around it. Did and your mom threaten to do that to you? It was horrifying to watch. Well, put it this way: I got so upset. <laughs> Here's the thing: my poor mom is involved in the story. I was a little kid, and I got so upset and freaked out. She told me to leave the room, and then she came to see me during the commercial break after like the last commercial break when the when that episode ended. And she's like, "Oh, don't worry." Like I was so visibly upset. She, Moses came and said. Let those kids go when they were all sent home to their mothers, and I calmed down. Like I think I was crying. You didn't call the next bullshit. week, the next week she wasn't around, and I saw the next part. And they said, in last week's episode, and <laughs> they showed the boys being rounded up again. They showed them being thrown in the river. Oh my god! Double- and I freaked out again, and I was upset because yeah, my mom had lied to Your me. Your mother should have thrown the TV in the fucking river. TV. Yeah. Just I saw it next week when she wasn't around. And you never trusted your mom again. It, tra- it always traumatized me, and I could never remember anything about the movie other than that one scene. I knew it was obviously a Moses movie, and it took me a long time to actually find it. I think even I tried to get you to order it for me when I first started working here, and it was like out of print. But a friend of mine happened off. to mention he saw it in a Zeller's bargain bin. For like a dollar ninety-nine, he resurrected. Said, he's a big Burt Lancaster fan. He's like, do you think about a Burt Lancaster movie? He plays Moses. I said, oh my god, that movie scared the shit out of me as a kid. Please buy it for me. And I just watched that one scene over again. And did and you yeah, freak out again? It's up there with. I swear, <laughs> it's a badly the made. In the cupboard again. It's a badly crying. made biblical movie, and I don't know who the director is, but it's almost. It was made in the seventies, and I swear he's like, gee, I, I think I want to copy one of those Italian horror directors. Like that one scene. Stands alone. There's a guy so who made uh, Cannibal Holocaust. That's why it. Uh, Not quite, but no. it's it's got that sort of realism too. Like like was one, one of the was one of the kids named Alex. Is that why it freaked you? Oh, just like Pinocchio and Jaws, yeah. the kid who gets eaten. <laughs> oh, right. the no, <laughs> Alexes not. have a rough go of it in, in movies. They do. The they other should. Alex that scarred me was the guy who gets his nuts crushed with pliers in Stir Crazy. His name's <laughs> Alex too. And I saw I saw Jaws, Pinocchio. And stir crazy all within a, a year of one another, and all these Alexes are destroyed <laughs> hey, in the movie. And a Clockwork Orange. 
That, two that, guys, that guy has a pretty rough going. Two of it. guys yeah. get in a oh. fight at the beginning of Stir Crazy. This really short guy and a tall guy, and the little short guy puts a pair of pliers on the tall guy's dick. And Gene Comedy Wilder gold. doesn't realize this, and he goes up and talks to him. I can't remember what the little guy's name is, but he says to the tall guy, What's your name, good sir? And he's like, Alex. And his dick's being crushed. So, yeah, I was, but anyway. Those triple Alex movies <laughs> but and anyway, the Moses Lawgiver movie scarred That's the, the king of, of all yeah. digressions. That explains what a fucking lot. movie are we talking about again? Uh, Life, oh, of, okay, Life so, of Alex. So back to Life of <laughs> Alex's <crazy>. testicles. <laughs> all right, so we've talked about the controversy and blah, blah, blah. So yes. just as a movie, I mean, how well directed is this? How, like, I mean, the, 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 let's just say the qualities that this film actually has, aside from being a spoof of other movies... Or or blasphemous or sacrilegious or whatever. Mm-hmm. How is it well directed? I think I th- it is. I, I th- Which like, one? Ju- well, J- Life of Brian? Life of Brian. No, no, it's a classic. No, it's crazy. Well, if, if you, if it's you, not you, even a question. <laughs> By the way, Sidney Poitier directed. I know, and it's crazy. the worst movie I've well, ever if, fucking seen. If you look, if you look at like parody movies, like I don't know, say this scary movie or whatever. The, there, there's there's no movie there. It just goes from one joke yeah. kind of to the next. There's no flow. There's no movie. Well, so, so, this this well, actually has like a, a plot, sort of a plot, a loose plot. Yeah. Just following, you know. Brian around and and everyone following Brian around because they think he's the Messiah oh, for for whatever oh, reason. It's a, it's a great yeah. yeah, but it it does have a great flow to it. It just doesn't lag. Um, it, the scenes are nice and you know concise and whatnot. It's it's a, it's a well made movie. A, there is. is there is a real story being told. I really um, I, wish that speaking of stories being told, that the story John Cleese told could have come true, and that is he wanted George Lazenby to play Christ in this. That's movie. right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been a great credit, just because the Christ character is barely in the actual yeah, movie. I, yes, I but it would have been even, great just to see Christ in the opening credits. Just in the, George vi- just in the very beginning. The other interesting alternative casting was apparently a, a chief role or one of the one of the supporting the characters the was going to be Keith roles? Moon. I heard that. Yeah, Keith Moon, and he had his lines down and everything for it, and then he died just a. Couple a, of weeks before, what filming. an asshole! Fucking idiot! Yeah. I know. What a well, because I, I was I, I was watching a little bit of the the documentary, and they're in Barbados where they wrote this. Yeah, yeah. and Keith Moon was hanging out with them. Though, like, That's right. A good chunk. Can of you the time. imagine? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> amazing. What a per- well, they also talk about like playing cards at night with Mick Jagger and stuff. It would have been quite a time hanging. Well, there, out there. there was. A, there was well, a, they were like rock stars. The they were. Well, there's a there's a, a funny little story where they they were to sit around playing Scrabble. And uh, John Cleese and one of the other pythons, whatever, they're coming with like big, long, like 10 letter words, like arabesque or something like that. And then Keith Moon would come in with like cat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, Who? That's what <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Keith Moon, he, I even read in one of the last times one of the pythons saw him, like they saw him at a party and he knew all the lines and he was really pumped to do the movie. And because uh, there's still speculation sometimes about whether or not Keith Moon was in fact a suicide. And one of the Pythons, I, I read about it actually in an interview just talking about Keith Moon rather than the Pythons themselves. And they're like, oh man, he was so psyched to do that movie. And yeah, he bad. knew all his lines and stuff. And I, I, I mean, amazing. I doubt he would have wanted to. I think he was, I think it was the scene where there's several prophets in a row right, talking. Right. He was going to oh, be yeah. one of those guys. He, he was probably like the Terry Gilliam. He was going to be one of those guys. Loving of pots. But he knew all his lines and stuff. And he said, he said, I guess, like, an, I can't remember which Python it was talking about, Moon. I think it may have been Eric Otto, but he's like, Yeah, I saw him. And I, I mean, yeah, you never know what state of mind someone's in, but the last time I saw him, he had the lines already. He was talking about being, like, pumped to do the yeah. movies. Well, so. the, well, the supporting cast in this thing, 
it, it's great. I mean, you got Neil Innes from the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. The what? What? What did you say? Uh, the, well, Alex, you know the Bonzo Dog Doodah do Band, them, yeah. Well, or the Bonzo Dog Band, I think. Neil Innes is is one of is the singing. Uh, he plays like sidekick of Robin in uh, Holy Grail. Yeah, that's right. He's oh, okay. the brave Sir seen, Robin. Well, he was okay. in a band. Have you ever I, seen the Ruddles? Uh, I've never seen the Ruddles. Oh, the Ruddles Wonderful. is great. Yeah. Um, he plays John Lennon in, in the Ruddles. Okay. Anyways, and, and he had, had, had this band called the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band, who, which is a who, really big deal over in the UK, but not so much here. Of course it is. They who, used to open for, he Python. used to open for Monty Python when who's they went the, on tour. Who is he in this movie? Who is he again? I can't even remember. I don't know. Is he actually? I think he might have. Written, I think he might have written the, you know, the, it's, the it's theme weird. song. Whenever, whenever I watch Monty Python movies like this, I'm always. I find it strange that they have non-Python people as in speaking. And, and they roles. have a lot of them, and especially in this they, one. They had a small theatrical group, like a London rep, like a like the, 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 group the woman with the gourd. Friendly with they, oh god, uh, yeah. Because there's one guy in this the, at the beginning arguing about the big nose, and at the end about him and his wife wanting to be in the <laughs> non-Jewish. He's section. so funny. Yeah. yeah, but I always thought that was John Cleese with his face kind of oh, made no, up differently. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of John Cleese. Oh it wasn't God. until I watched it this time that I was like, whoa, he looks a little bit different. And then in the special yeah. features, it confirms it was an actor from that right. space made up right. slightly. I'm Brian and so is my wife. It's it's a great line. Um, <laughs> yeah. That whole scene, oh my God. Yeah, the cast is great. Now you got Spike Milligan who has two parts in this thing. Yeah, he doesn't um, get a close-up. He disappeared before they filmed his close-up. Uh, which is better. No, no, I like no. Isn't it. Spike Milligan also the, uh, the the guy in the apartment who's like saying crucifixion isn't so bad? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, Spike I, don't know. Mi- I thought Spike Milligan was the guy who got hit. He's the guy getting stoned, isn't he? No, no, he shows up at one point in the movie. It's not the guy getting stoned. Isn't that Spike? I have have no idea. Or wait a minute, or Spike Milligan, the guy who's like left behind in the crowd when they're all freaking out about the shoes and the gourd. Yeah, and he's and he's the last one, and and, and he just kind of stands there. Yeah, he says a few lines like, "Uh, "They flew him in from London, put him in a hotel, all this shit," and 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 then he didn't do anything. Well, what I heard was, didn't they just bump into him by accident? He happened to be. Oh, that's right. Sorry, that was it. So they stuck him in, and then. After lunch, they were going to do a close-up of him, and they didn't get a chance because he was gone at that point. But I think it's just cool. It's just that one shot of sure, him. Sure, why not? George Harrison shows up, too. Oh, is he in that? Yeah, George Harrison, uh, of course, paid for this movie himself. That's funny, because I was, I was watching a little interview with him. They asked him, you know, because he put up his house for he collateral did. stuff. They asked him, well, why he did this? He goes... I want to see the movie. <laughs> yeah, to see the movie. yeah. EMI yeah. was the Four original backers. Four million dollars and in, they, in 1979. Yeah. Yeah. EMI pulled out because they were too chicken by yeah, the script. Chick- like it was approved and just about to be filmed, and then like the president of the studio read the script and was totally like, no like, way. Like within, within days of them starting. Within days of them starting. So yeah, George Harrison put up his house as collateral. Because he was other... friends, I think, with Eric Idle or something yeah. like that. And it... he does have a cameo in the film. Okay. A... I think the guy, I think I have my spikes mixed up. Because yeah, there's Spike another British Jones? comic, Spike Jones, not the director, not but the, the, director? the British comedian from the like the '60s, legendary yeah. uh, British comedian. Sure. Anyway, or right, Spike Jones, you mean the the wacko musician, Spike Jones? No, no, Spike Jones. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. What? That's Spike Jones. I don't know. Okay, never mind. <laughs> the guy in the stoning scene is somebody. Spike <laughs> I, Lee. <laughs> That's right. It was Spike Lee. I thought I recognized Spike him. and Mike from it's a the very, animation. It's first. a remarkably uh, <laughs> race, hey, racial scene. Never mind. Do, okay, forget it. Just fucking forget it. <laughs> I was convinced that the guy in the stoning scene was Spike Milligan, but then I realized no, Spike Milligan was the guy when the crowd all leaves. Yes. He's the guy, the guy left standing there. Right. And then it's like, oh right, there's this other famous British comedian named Spike Jones from back in the day. 
who I think was that guy. I think you're mixing them up with the American music. See, I told you I should have my fucking laptop the with the IMDb face. so I can oh, look this shit whatever. up. The Viewer's face and stuff. Spike Jones, he was he was the musical genius. Spike Jones on the box, like the band have referenced him and everything. He's like this musical genius guy. I don't know of a British Spike Jones. Never mind. This is what happens when like I, I do, said, his top what, ten hit when was I do, this, is what, this is what happens when I don't bring the computer to the podcast. Way, way, to, way to be unprepared, dude. I, this I, was like your favorite movie. It is. It is. Yeah. And I was convinced that that was Spike Millian. Anyway, whatever. This is going to be a nightmare to edit if we don't if we don't carry on. Yeah, let's move away from um, the Spikes. That's why we should dump it. Really, really. Yeah, it's just a great supporting cast. Yeah. Um, everybody's funny in this fucking movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think Neil Innes might be one of the guards. You know the, the guards who crack up, right? They're, and and to this day, I think that that is the funniest scene of like in any movie ever. Well, uh, the biggest dick has seen. I think. It is very fun. Uh, my personal favorite scene in this movie is the opening scene, where the three wise men oh, come in. Yeah, and, that's great. <laughs> yeah. What is myrrh, anyways? It's an incense. <laughs> he's a, what is he? A, he's a Capricorn. Yeah. He's a, he's the son of God. <laughs> well, there's gonna be a lot. Oh, of that's Capricorns men. for you. <laughs> or myrrh. <laughs> myrrh's the bomb. That's a, not the incense. And, the, and, the, and they come back and just like grab the yeah. shit out of her hands and then knock her down. But when, she, when they're, they're leaving, they just oh. You come back anytime. Bring some some frankincense and some gold, and I'll oh, pass on the mirror. Don't worry about the myrrh next time. <laughs> the, yeah, it's, that, that, that whole scene is that, that's my favorite scene. Of and the they movie. clearly established that this guy is not Jesus, right? I don't think I said this on this recording of this podcast, but on the earlier podcast, like my mother to this day is convinced that this movie is like blasphemous and like mocks Christ. And it's like, no, but mom, like Christ Jesus, Jesus is... It, it, it makes fun of the people it. who mangled the message. Exactly. That or opening pe- scene... Pe- pe- people that can't think for themselves are going to follow somebody for someone else tells them to follow somebody. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not even, you know, like I said, I'm an ex-Catholic and stuff, but I mean, I certainly don't agree with the homophobic stuff. And like, and, and, like there is a lot of bat- harmful stuff in the Bible, but the well, basic commandments and, and some of the ideas, of course... I mean, it's the, common sense it's and, common and sense. good intention. And, yeah, but this is about this is about the taking of that message in all the wrong the ways. Blind, in the fact, blind faith. even the homophobia and stuff within the church, I think it's later on followers. I really think the if Jesus really existed, he would have championed gay people. He always championed. He at least if you know, like in those some of those stories, I mean the ones I remember as a kid, I can't give you a ton of examples, but it's it's all about him championing the misfits, you know. It's it's later the institutions that really mangle the message. Well, in Python, we're very clear about this, in that in every interview I've ever seen, they they all more or less say the same thing, which is at first, I mean, because it was the the idea came from this offhand comment that uh, Eric Idle Eric Idle made. Yeah, like, what's your next movie? Jesus Christ, Lust for Glory. Lust for Glory, which is. Awesome title. It's so yeah, it is an awesome I, I would make a poster for that. Hey, yeah. um, if anybody out there is listening, make us a poster, send it to us, and we'll yeah. send you a free T-shirt. There we go. Um, and they started writing a movie that was supposed to like kind of take the piss out of not so much. G, but they, they were just kind of look like religion the, in general. They were shooting the shit, and they were like, "Oh, how about a scene at the Last Supper?" You know, where they where which is hilarious. That's very funny. We can't yeah. get you twelve. We get three fours. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and we have to get you all on one side of the table. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but. Uh, but then they realize that it's just not funny because <laughs> everything Jesus said was actually really good. And mm. 
you but know, that, the, like, whole, the whole idea of yeah, the the Last Supper is hilarious. If they if they, I wish they would have put that in. the I movie. would have loved to have seen a couple of those ideas yeah. that they had. You yeah. know, because like, there, there was the other idea where like the thirteenth disciple who just keeps missing all the good stuff. Yeah, because his wife yeah. has invited friends. That's over That's a the very house funny idea. Yeah, because yeah, I would have liked to have seen a bit more Mary Mary because he crosses paths with Jesus at the beginning of the film. You know, obviously in the manger scene, but also because he's born in the manger next door or whatever. But he also, Brian, in the very beginning scene when him and his mother are trying to hear what oh, Jesus is saying on the mount. It's so good. I think it would have yeah. been, I mean, whatever. It's a great film and that classic, but it, I think it would have been really interesting if they could have had them intersect a few more times. Like I, yeah. maybe him, he well, happens to stumble past the last But he summer, meets, he meets the ex-leper. Yeah. Now, well, that too. Like, that's the thing funny, with yeah. rewatching it this time is I focused a lot more on things like like uh, the sets and the costumes, and uh, or I would just like focus on one actor. Like I was really watching Michael Palin for some reason, and just the, just his, you know the way he he's actually acting. I mean, dude he, he, was he, ripped too, man. He was oh in good yeah, shape. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all a bunch of luscious and stuff, but he was like he was the one who looked like like an actual kind of athlete or but, something. Yeah. You know? Like the like first time I saw it, I didn't think the ex leper scene was was that funny. Or well, I've always found it. Really or I didn't funny. find. Um, well, it's, it's not it's not as good as some of the other scenes. Like, it's, uh, it's, it's not, it's but good. I love the idea. Like his Jones. bread and butter's been taken away. You know. Yeah, no, see, but now, anyway, it's it's just when I saw it when I was fourteen, I thought Biggest Dickus was funny. I of thought course. a guy getting hit in the head with a rock was funny. Yeah, and, I na- still and, do. and now I think that the people's the Judean people's front and all of that is just so much more brilliant than than I understood. It, when there's I was a 14. lot of great subtle. Oh, that's all well, subtle. The, the heart attack. The guy deciding to just run away from the gladiator. Yeah, and then he has cardiac arrest. It's uh, that's one of the few serious delivered lines in the movie too, where it's like a serious delivery. I think I'm having cardiac arrest. It's it's like the the haggling scene. The the haggling scene is yeah. But my actually my 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 all time favorite moment in this movie though, and it's always been, is. the uh, good Samaritan being stuck with the cross. Oh, yeah. I was I was just going to say that. Steps in to help because yeah. as a little kid, whenever I heard that in church and stuff, I found it so touching and moving. And <laughs> yeah. then it was like a way I'd never thought of it before. Like, I don't want to die and you stick the guy who's helping you with yeah. the cross. Wait and it's a like, minute. And in that kind of march, they wouldn't listen to him. No, it's not my cross. Like, of Which is really funny. Well, yeah. see, what, yeah. I, what I picked up this time, there were little details. And, and the thing with that is, the like the centurion who is a cop, basically, yeah. comes over and the guy is holding the cross. He goes, "Oh, this isn't mine," yeah. which is what every yeah. you busted with weed. It's like that's not it's mine. Not mine. Yeah. Holding it for a friend. And like, I don't know if that was what their intention yeah, was, but I that's what I was. got from it. Just... I also never noticed that when the mob is outside of uh, one of the funniest scenes in any movie is that he opens the the, the, the window completely new, and there's like 500 people just staring at him. Yeah. But um, I never noticed that they're all. A lot of them are holding sticks with a fucking sandal. With a sandal on it, and what, the woman with the gourds there. Yeah, they got gourds. Yeah. It's just like like how, this thing has happened literally it, overnight. It also has my favorite line, and it's like there's there's certain lines that I always use. Um, one that always comes, I, I come back to is that scene when it's like he's you're all individuals, you're all free. Individual. and then this one guy's like. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I always, I always use that. I'm not, and all the time, and it's always stuck with me. That's, 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 there's that's just, so there's funny. just so much that, like, I thought, okay, I have to watch Life of Brian again today. I don't know if I have time. You know what? I'll just kind of skim it, and I and I put it on, and then boom. You actually, you actually watched I, it, like I, you said before we even started. I told you I didn't need recording. to because I've seen it so many times, but yeah. I did. You actually watched and, it. Um, you didn't do dishes or make sandwiches. No, well, I did. Or push-ups. Did you do push-ups? I made a sandwich while I was watching this movie, but um. It's still, I mean, I've seen it so many times, and it still makes me laugh, and not in like a nostalgic way, although that is definitely part of it. 
But no, it's. I don't know how it is I can watch that biggest dick of scene 35 times. Because it's still funny. And still laugh. Well, you, you know why? Because that scene works as well as it does is because all the background actors are laughing. It's, Every time, it, he, it's time when, he says something, everyone's laughing. It's when you're in trouble with a teacher or yeah. there's a psycho on the bus. Like I always think of like when you're taking a bus through East Van at two in the morning. And, and th- th- this one time I got on, this one lunatic was like talking to me about some crazy gang shit. Mm. And I just found it hilarious because I was baked. Yeah. But he clearly <laughs> would have kicked the shit out of me. And, it, at w- and at one point he goes like, some idi- other guy on the bus is like, says to him, uh, well, what about... The guy's like, yeah, you know, and so I kicked the shit out of this guy, and blah, 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 blah. And this other guy goes, well, what about his freedom of rights? <laughs> and then the guy just goes like, and I'm thinking like, why are you, what are, Don't why are you poking him. the bear, you yeah. lunatic? And then the guy goes, freedom of rights. <laughs> freedom of rights. Freedom of death. <laughs> and I can't laugh, and I, I think it's the funniest thing. And that's what that was, was like, it's Palin's performance. It's the writing. Yeah. And just everybody can remember being in a scene where they could not laugh. Yeah, oh my it's, god! It's, it's so, and the speech impediment, and yeah. like, well, which is which is the, the funniest thing. Incont- I didn't even know what incontinentia meant. Incontinentia buttocks. Incontinentia buttocks. <laughs> There's a fa- and the fact that and then at the end you actually do biggest dickus shows up. Graham Chapman. Graham yeah. Chapman plays Biggest Dickus, and he's yes, also got a speech right. impediment. Right. And, and that's why they're friends, probably. <laughs> yeah. It's because they both have speech Probably impediments. the same class. It's just, it's so well written. Michael and Palin later revisited that whole speech impediment thing in Fish Called Wanda. Yes, indeed. Right. Which, another movie I could talk about for hours. Yeah, um, I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but it's, got a, it's, it's, it's a good movie. But yeah, and, and then also, like it's, it's very clear with uh, Life of Brian that this is written by, by smart people, educated yep. people. The, the little details, little historical details... Like a lot of American movies, for instance, would just be kind of like, "Hey, we'll have Will Smith rapping." Oh, they'll just, they, in, they, they in, just go, in ancient Egypt they, they or something. Th- they go through for the the broad laughs. Yeah, yeah, the, really yeah. Obvious. Don't bring up Will Smith, especially in the context of jokes. You know. Oh, that's oh yeah, oh, yeah. smack. That's right. I almost smacked you right then and there. We'll get our podcast canceled for ten years. That's right. You know, we haven't been invited to the, the Academy Awards for ten years, <sighs> and we didn't slap anybody. Not yet. Keep Will Smith's um, name out your fucking podcast. No, no, it's it's just. I mean, it's just like they, they really cared about this movie. Yes, to the oh, point yeah. where it's like when EMI were like, "We can't make this movie because it's blasphemous or whatever," and then they just kept going. They just yeah. kept making. They care, and 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 it's rare because you really don't see a lot of comedies of this caliber. Well, especially nowadays, like yeah. you look at like the state of comedies now. It's just like, all yeah. Or, 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 By the way, biggest diggest, that scene always reminds me of Full Metal Jacket when Vincent D'Onofrio can't stop cracking up at the evil drill sergeant. Oh, yeah, right. right. There's a drill sergeant who says unintentionally hilarious things in a really mean yeah. tone. It was a real drill sergeant, apparently. Arlie yeah. Ermey. D'Onofrio yeah, yeah, yeah. is punished severely, just like the uh, this uh, Roman centurion I, is because he's sent off to be a gladiator. Yeah, he was so Is that happens to him in the movie? Yeah, they sent him up because he won't stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I want him fighting wild animals within a week. <laughs> oh, he wanks as high as any in Walm. By the way, that's a joke I only got this time. I'm like, oh, he wanks. Uh. <laughs> he wanks as See, high as any. That's, as I said earlier, the problem I've had with this movie is just not hearing everything. Yeah, like, yeah, It's yeah. just because of the, the nature of the delivery, I guess. Or, well, I don't especially know. that, 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 that first, the first group that's following him around. It's a bit it's a, chaotic. It's, it's a chaotic. It's a lot of yelly British stuff. Oh, man, yeah. cast off the shoes, follow the gourd. Yeah, it's just it's just yeah. good. Or the 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 the, uh, the hermit who hasn't spoken. In oh, like, and uh, hey, rest in peace, Terry Jones. Hey? Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, how about how's that? I, he was, that's my he, next Halloween costume. Is that long beard and <laughs> little green? You know, he was nude. They just taped. They, as they said, they they taped my beard to my willy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just so, and, it's well, just so it's, good. It's, it's funny because like he's directing the scene when all the the crowd comes to that that part, and he's still just naked, completely naked behind the, the camera with a giant beard. Yeah, you know, like yeah. like some directors we could name. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's it is it's a brilliant film. It's, I was very lucky in. Uh, the early 2000s of Montreal at the Fantasia Film Festival. It was running at the same time as the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal. And they did, within the two co-produced an evening, it was an evening with Terry Jones. And he sat on stage in this sold-out theater, the Imperial Theater, it seats about a 1,000 people, and told uncensored Python stories all night. With that would have been amazing. And talked about directing the films. And a highlight of it, was he wanted to perform a s- skit that included three people. And so he picked someone from the audience to be one of the parts. And then was he it goes, you? No. Uh-huh. It was a friend of mine, though. But then he said, uh, I, I want everyone in the audience like, ooh, ooh, to play the third part. And he goes, no, I have someone else in mind. There's a, someone very special in the audience today, Eric Idle. No right? shit. He was in the balcony watching. He was in town filming a small part in some movie, and they did – this incredible scene together was a very early thing they did, even pre-Python, but they both remembered the skit. And then at the end of the skit, Eric Idle ran out of the theater again. Everyone thought, okay, because he's been whisked away in a limousine. At the Like an hour later, at the end of the night, it was like two hours. At the end of the night, there was a long Q&A, and he was very generous, Terry Jones, answering questions. And someone said at one point, they came up to the mic, you'd walk up to the mic, and someone asked, how much would it cost to get the Pythons back together for another movie? And then you heard from the balcony, too much! And it was Eric Idle. He was still there. He awesome. just come back. The audience goes totally nuts again, because Eric Idle's like up on the balcony. Well, they eventually did get back together. They did, but this was like 2000, and they were all doing um, their own thing. Did they get back together? Yeah, yeah, they the they thing, did another tour. They well, Michael Palin, Michael Palin was the holdout, and the um, and the only reason they did it was because uh, they owed so much in taxes. Oh yeah, they just hadn't paid taxes on, on the Python Incorporator or whatever. Right, and and their agent was like, if you just do one show at, at the O2 in London, that's it. You never have to pay taxes again. Right, and so that was you know. That's well, a shame they never did a, another movie because well, as much as I like the skit stuff, the the three the three movies. Uh, these uh, Holy Grail, yeah. Life of Brian, and yeah. well, Meaning of Life. I think Meaning of Life is really great, too. It wouldn't have Chapman, though. I well, think, I, like, true. live shows that's are true. great, but a movie would have been missing. Did you, because, see, uh, did you see the reunion in Aspen, where it was like a Q&A, where they knock over Graham Chapman's ashes? No, I'm aware <laughs> of them. They awesome. did a press conference, too. Chapman would have found ashes. that hilarious. Oh, totally. Well, they, they also did a press conference with those ashes that I read about, and apparently... At one point, they were talking about maybe reuniting, and then the somehow they had the urn. Like I guess there was someone hidden, and would go, and it was like it was talking. They go, shut up, and they'd like they'd tell the ashes to shut. Well, up. Well, they were talking about like, a um, uh, Holy Grail uh, sequel. No, God, really? no. What, no, no, just where they're all old knights or whatever, and yeah. then and, and the idea that they, they, they that. would actually drag Graham Chapman's ashes around it in a wheelbarrow <laughs> behind them. Yeah. Um, if you watch, I'm I mean, because there was. It. They did this, I guess, around 2002, 2003. They did get back together, and they did um, like a series of sketches right. for, for the BBC. And they're, believe it or not, they're, they're fucking funny, man. Of course, I totally like because kids in the hall be? are getting back together, and yeah. I'm just kind of like, I don't know, I, know, I, I don't know, know but man. Yeah, but those are they're still funny guys. They're older, but they're they are they're still. But funny. but death comes to town was dreadful. That wasn't very good. It wasn't good. Um, I, I couldn't get through. I, it. I'm sorry, uh, Craig Northy, if if you are a friend of the podcast. <laughs> I love brain candy, but uh, oh, and also Craig, you, you you 
you told me that um, Tall Boys was good, and that show is <laughs> fucking garbage. I I've tr- watched five episodes, trying to laugh. I, 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 I can't believe Bruce McCullough directed those. I it's it, it, yeah. so yeah. I'm not excited about the kids in the Hall reunion. Right. But anyway. What else do we need to talk about? I don't know. I oh, think oh, yeah. I met John Cleese. Can I just throw that in? Yeah, of course. Nope. Nope. Uh, I mean, it was. I, I met him. I, I, I for a, for a time. Last year, for a time, was I was the manager of a comedy theater here in uh, in Vancouver. That was, must have been pre COVID. Called I the guess. Columbia. Um, no, no. It was in that weird like month where COVID. <laughs> we forgot that COVID. Right. Kind of like, like now. So, the, so um, yeah. So because I, I used to work there, I, I managed to get backstage and uh, I got to meet John Cleese, and he was very very friendly. And I'm awesome. going to. I will link. The, uh, the uh, uh, an image of me shaking John Cleese's hand. Do it. He uh, uh, and I got to tell him that he was the first man I ever saw naked, and he oh. actually didn't know what I was talking about. You know, no, I, 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 I don't, and, and, I don't and then I said, "A fish called Wanda." You were totally naked in a fish called okay. Wanda, and uh, and that's why I'm a comedian. And he said, "Oh, I'm sorry." And then he said, "Why are all Canadian men so tall?" And I said, "It's something in the bacon." And then mm. and then he had a bit of a giggle and shook my hand. Ah, that's, I, that's a uh, lovely story. I also have a link you can share. Chunks of that Terry Jones evening were put on YouTube. A guy videotaped it. it was, Chunks? It's called, it's called Chunks of Terry, Gil, Terry <laughs> Chunks Jones. Chunks of Terry Jones. Some video segments of that evening are on YouTube because someone videotaped it. And uh, I'll send you the link to it. You can include it. Please do. Include some doing like skits with audience members. Do you know how to do that? Do you know how to send was, links? No, I'll, I'll just send it to you in an email. <laughs> he, yeah. I'll mail. I'll yes. telegraph it over. Send me a carrier pigeon. Yes. Well, <laughs> we didn't talk about <laughs> with, with, with the URL and uh, someone t- tied to its foot. In the original oh, recording and not in the re-recording though is the interesting like religious debate this movie sparked, where Malcolm Muggeridge and a high-ranking official of the yeah the Purple Pie Church, Man uh, purple debated. Pie man. Cleese and Palin on a BBC talk show. It's what so I entertaining. Really like to see though Those is the clip. There's buffoons. a clip on. Uh, there's a clip on uh, special features where not necessarily the news or not the nine o'clock news or whatever the British show uh, was called. Not the nine o'clock news. But Rowan Atkinson plays a religious official to having a debate with a Python fan who's deeply offended by the church officials' film about John Cleese. I'd like to see it like it's a parody of. The right. famous Python Anglican Church TV debate. Yes, Malcolm, indeed. I've seen Malcolm it. Malcolm Muggeridge? Malcolm, Malcolm Muggeridge. That is now, a Malcolm British Mug- name. I've ever heard Malcolm, a British name. Indeed. Sir Malcolm. It's actually, it is actually Sir Malcolm Muggeridge. He's a sir? I believe he was knighted, yes. Oh. But yeah, he, everybody he was a very, he was, he was the head of the BBC for like 30 years and uh, he was, he was, he, he was really into the Church of England and he kept making these like um, inspirational, semi-religious, um, boring, d- yeah, boring documentaries. Kind of a laughing stock, and I think the Python. I think he like quit shortly after that that debate. Good. It's a very very interesting debate because you look at. It's very clear that the you know the institution they don't really understand the teachings of Christ as well as like the deadbeat comedians. And anyway, it's uh, check it out, audience. We don't really have time to get into it. No. But uh, it's if you, it's it's an hour long, and it's just really, really. It's still interesting. Yeah, it you is. Know, I watched uh, it this like afternoon. Forty it's really years good. later. Yeah. So um, we should probably start moving this towards the end yeah. of the podcast. Yeah, so uh, Alex, you are the one to pick this. So uh, a does it hold up? And B, it's Monday here at Black Dog Video, which means it's two for one. Whoa. Alex, if somebody were to bring the life of Brian up to the counter on a Monday, what movie would you recommend they rent for free to go along with it? I would recommend a serious religious film, uh, The sorry, Gospel Bert, According sorry. to St. Matthew, sorry, directed Lancaster. by... No, <laughs> which we don't have, the Moses Lawgiver. 
Pierre Pasolini's The Gospel According to St. Matthew, which actually had a positive influence on this movie because it... Uh, those movies maintain that kind of dirty realism that Python, like the robes get dirty and the I haven't seen that. Are, yeah, it's an, I saw it once way back in the 90s and I liked it a lot. I mean, Pasolini was a completely daring director. What's really interesting, he's known for, well, I mean, for a lot of great films, but a lot of his career, his last film, Pasolini, is the infamous Solo on 20 Days of Sodom, mm-hmm. which is, you know, got a cult because the movie's just so extreme and wild. And uh, really misunderstood movie, really explicit and violent. Rumor and, has it he that got him killed. Yeah, that too. But it's interesting because although he made that completely shocking, crazy movie, and it was the last film of his career, he was, he was murdered while the film was in post-production. Gospel According to St. Matthew is actually picked by even Vatican scholars as one of the greatest religious films ever. Like, Like the Vatican actually had, they published an interesting list around the time of the millennium about films, like the greatest films ever made, and it included 2001 stuff. I mean, although I don't agree with the Vatican and things like that, like the academics who actually spoke about film at that time, and they don't pick movies like The Greatest Story Ever Told or The Cornball King of Kings. They pick some films of actual quality. It was just a really interesting list I read when every last institution and organization around the time of the millennium was putting out a list of stuff, the Vatican released this really interesting films, but the gospel according to St. Matthew's on there. Cause but it's, Pasolini. it's a very, yeah, it's a down and dirty look at uh, the gospels okay. according to St. Matthew. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, it actually had an influence on the, the sort of neo realistic look that, for example, Life of Brian has. Yes, it's a comedy. Cool, cool. Yes, it's taken piss, but it's very realistic in its dirtiness and mm-hmm. then the, the crowd scenes and stuff and the, the confusion. Dust. And that's what pa- Pasolini, when he made that movie, it's not. it doesn't feel like one of those cornball Cecil B. DeMille's. It's a down and dirty, almost like someone has like a camera and they're just spying on real people at the time. All yeah. right, cool. Yeah, so and, that's an interesting movie. And, Give it a watch. Sure, and it's safe, it's safe to assume that, that The Life of Brian does hold up for you. Oh, absolutely. And Li- Life of Brian, I even like better than Gospel According to St. Matthew. But Gospel According to St. Matthew is one of the few serious-toned ones that's actually like okay. not corny and ridiculous. Okay, and okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, uh, yeah, yeah, Jesus doesn't look like Barry Gibb. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just a... Um, I, I, I stole, <laughs> that, I stole that joke from Dennis Miller. Anyway, uh, uh, so Darren... Question one, does Life of Brian hold up? Question two, it's Monday. Yep. What movie would you pair with The Life of Brian? Uh, Life of Brian totally holds up. Uh, I don't think that movie will ever not hold up. Just because it's, it's, religion has such a, you know, large part in society, unfortunately, for a lot of people. So I think, um, and people who, myself, I'm an atheist as well. I like to see religion having the piss taken out Mm -hmm. of them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why uh, my other pick would be Ken Russell's The Devils. Oh, good yeah. pick. Because you want you great wanna... pick. Gee, yeah. I wish I thought. My I, all ah, time God, pick. I yeah. wish I thought of it. I actually did consider it just because I always. I was worried you're going to say. You know, it, I always yak yeah, about that movie, yeah. but I just don't think it would be necessarily a pairing. I love The Devils, and yeah, yeah it makes sense as a pairing. But yeah, I would just... well, just because it, you want to go extreme if you want to oh, piss, yeah. off, piss off uh, <laughs> uh, people that are into you know Catholicism, religion, whatnot. Then that's your that's your movie, and, and the Devils is almost a comedy. Uh, it, it's it's, um, it's it's it has elements of the absurd. It's in abs- it, but yeah, but it's not it's not it's a comedy not. by any stretch. But there's things that are so over the top and outrageous. Well, the that alligator you could, in the beginning, like he picks up and the crocodile. But people laugh. Yeah, at that. That's man. misunderstood because a lot of people 
Same with the crocodile, and they think it's a fake, cheap-looking crocodile, but it's supposed to be a preserved, like a taxidermized, yeah, preserved well, crocodile. Yeah, but a lot I... of people laugh at it because they think, oh my God, that's the fakest-looking crocodile. No, like, no, it's no. not like right. he's supposed to be picking up a live crocodile. I think it's an alligator. Or, no, he says, a crocodile! He yells it oh. out. Alligators only live in Florida, I, I, basically. I, I, always, I always thought it was a real... Crocodile. Well, uh, it's supposed to be real, but, but, it's but, just but that I thought it's it was dead a, and waxed. That, 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 that's the moment in in yeah. uh, in the Devils where I was like, "This is this is going to be a really weird movie." Well, See, I, I, a lot I, of people I, laugh at that. I moment, love the Devils how how extreme it is and how offensive it is, and it's got a great story, and it's just it's just it's full on, and it's it's uh, the opposite of the of Life of Brian, which is you know it's a little more it's critical. But in a funny way, and this yeah. is critical, but in a, I, I guess, blasphemous way if you're into religion. Yeah. I'm not, but uh, huh. yeah, I love it. Okay. How about I'm you? Glad, I'm really glad that, because I think the first time you saw it was when we podcast years ago, right? The yeah. I've only so seen, the, really I've only seen glad, the one time. I'm really glad like you enjoyed it enough and it stayed with you after that, because yeah. it is, like, it just well, blew I would, me away. I, 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 never... I'm, I, like, we have a bootleg copy yes. of it. Um, because it's never been officially released yes. in North America because the the studio owns because, it. Is it Warner Brothers? Yeah, Warner yeah. Brothers. They, are, they won't they won't release it's it. It's too much of a hot potato. Here's They're fucking cowards. Thing. That's why. I have a really cool film critic friend. I'll give him a shout out. Stephen Cook. He writes for various news outlets in Halifax. He posts all the time on Facebook and social media vintage ads from the Halifax like newspaper entertainment sections. And he posted one from the year, I guess, 71 or whatever year it was when The Devils came out. What's so surprising, it played, it says third week, it played like three weeks in Halifax. And I mean, <laughs> especially in Nova Scotia, like Nova it, Scotia, Last Tango in Paris was banned there. Really? There was a big court case to get it released there. From, from the big butter corporation? And, uh, and, uh, and it's just funny <laughs> that the Devils even lasted three weeks in a theater in Halifax at that time. Uh, okay, I wonder, so I wonder if... Okay, I wonder hold, if on, hold on, hold on, hold uh, on. There are rules on this podcast, and, and one, of rules, off no, no, one of the rules is when, rules? when Last Tango in Paris is mentioned, <laughs> I have to do the joke. Have you seen the sequel where he puts two fingers up her ass? Yeah, yeah. That, uh, I, I think that officially makes still, it the twelfth time I've made that yeah, joke. It's still funny on the podcast. Yeah, you guys have your own shtick going on. You with your Kevin Spacey, you with your butter. Furthermore, um, you have actually mentioned that weird Moses movie that traumatized you as a child. I think this is the third podcast. Oh, it's horrifying! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I bought. We, the we movie could actually give from you a bargain bin like a, just a to... spinoff podcast yeah. where you're just talking about how traumatized you <laughs> by were all, by that Moses all the, movie. All the films, but I, I really yeah, love it, to it, see. It'll be like, like you're Laverne and Shirley. I, anyway, I really love to see Criterion or somebody pick up the Devils and put a beautiful yeah. blu-ray why, why haven't it's, they it's a gorgeous because uh, it's, a gorgeous it's, film. it's a hot potato it's for a, Warner give me a, there's far know, more offensive shit no out there. i know it's ridiculous but the film they're just like it's a real pain in the ass for me. I, I look i agree it's one of my outside favorite movies it should totally be available but it was a big headache for the bosses it, there it's awesome and even uh del toro guillermo del toro has gone on record saying like Warner Brothers released this film because it's yeah. an all time favorite. It's a, it is a masterpiece, and, and, and also it's, it's a very good pairing for Life of Brian because yeah. if I'm not mistaken, there you know there were protests I always, in the streets over the Devils as well. I have no. Idea. I always mentioned Fantasia. I was, I was five at the time. I always mentioned Fantasia, wonderful festival in Montreal a few years ago. Mitch Davis, his he introduced me to the Devils, and it's 
one of his all-time favorite movies. When Ken Russell was still alive, they flew him in. That's right, you can't really fly him in when he's dead, but they flew <laughs> but in Ken Russell. Sure, sure you can. You just put him in a box. They yep. showed an archival uncut print of the Devils, and Ken Russell spoke and did a Q&A. And That's I pretty cool. contacted so many friends. I was living out here by then, but I contacted so many friends of Montreal about go to this screening. Like did this movie go? will destroy you. Yeah, oh. several of them did, Good. and they were blown away. And, and they're, they're not friends with you anymore? By the way, it's really funny too. A couple of years ago, it played the Van City Theater at Amanda. Our esteemed former colleague of Black Dog Video, Amanda, went to see it. And the guy who introduced it and and whatever, he was a fan of the movie, he actually said, Roger Ebert gave this movie zero stars. I don't see anything wrong with this movie. And Amanda just thought, out loud, sitting next to me, I see lots wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> she did like it, but it was totally, but it was a, such an assault on the senses. It is an assault. And this guy kind of treated it like kind of no big deal in his intro, but the movie is still shocking. No, it is, it is. shocking. It totally is. I Completely found it shocking crazy. for Chris's sake. Yeah. What's your, um, uh, what, what do you think about all this? Uh, uh, yes, it holds tonight. up. Uh, of course I, it does. It's I, your favorite I, movie. I, you see it's it 35 what, it, times. No, the... the this is not hyperbole, but I, I genuinely think that this is the funniest movie ever made. Yeah. No, no, seriously. No, I'm, I, well, I, I'm a comedian. I'm, I, I'm not laughing at you. People, I'm, people ask me, me this. There's like three movies that are like at the top spot. Scary movie four. Uh, scary movie four because I'm in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, X Men three because I'm in it. Oh wow. Um, My favorites no, are no, Spinal Tap and Holy. I, I would say that like but you're not neither of those. Funniest right? funniest movies. It, it like you know it's uh, it's also it's a fish it's called a, Wanda. It's yeah. it's Life of Brian and it's the Jerk. Like you can't really no they're all good they're all in good terms films. of you know. Um, but this is yeah this is probably the funniest movie I've ever seen. It's still the funniest movie I've ever seen. As as for a pairing, um, I was just thinking thematically. This one is is takes the piss out of religion mm-hmm. at, at its inception. You know, thousands of years ago. So I'm going to go with a British series that takes the piss out of uh, the end of the world, the end times, and that it's called Good Omens, and it's written by uh, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Not a movie. But we have it. Yeah, it's true. It's a it's rental. A, we a, have it. It has to be a rental. Okay, fine. Okay, if you oh, want, if you want to, I'll mo- allow it. If you want a movie, then uh, uh, oh, go with Good Omens. It's fine. Oh, Good Omens is terrific. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the book. It's very British. I like the David Tennant's. Uh, I love David Tennant, Michael Sheen in it, yep. um, and uh, John Hamm. Uh, it's an all star cast, mm, and yeah, it's, it's basically the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy take on uh, on uh, the Book of Revelations. I'll have to watch. I haven't seen it. Frankly, I would actually recommend you read the book instead of watch the okay. miniseries. So you're recommending a book, but for this, I am actually recommending a book, the book okay. Good Omens. But for the sake of this podcast and because of the rules, and rules are rules, uh, pick up Good Omens, Good Omens, the BBC uh, series. And if we don't have that, um, we'll get the book. Go down the street. A to fish called Wanda. If we don't have book. that, then get a fish called Wanda because it's it's also super hilarious. All right, so this has been the Black Dog Video After Dark podcast, uh, recorded live in store at 1470 Commercial Drive in East Vancouver. Should we mention our sponsor? Of course we should. Yeah. Uh, now, you, you guys might have noticed I, I have a, a really great looking hair. Yeah. Yeah. I always notice that. Well, I don't cut it myself. What? I, I, I pay someone to do it. Wow. You're smart. Because I am a fucking Hollywood big shot. I was wow. in Scary Movie 4 and X Men 3 <laughs> and other movies with a, a number on the end. Right. It's Jefferson's Barbershop. You might not have heard of this place, but you go, you sit in a chair, and someone stands right behind you and cuts all, your, all the hair while off you're your not, head. While you're not Isn't looking. Isn't Jeff musically inclined? He too? is, and he has a band called uh, t- Tiger Tiger. <laughs> uh, Last Tiger? 
Glass, glass tiger. A customer here. Sorry, no, no, no. I, sh- I should know this. It's a uh, uh, tiger burning bright. Sorry. That's right, yes. They're called tiger burning bright. What's I, I, I had the wrong part of the phrase. Uh, it, our it, theme song. It's our theme song. Yeah. Uh, and our outro. So go yeah. on down to Jefferson's Barbershop at Third and Commercial and mm-hmm. get your hair cut. And I like it because, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're big movie buffs and pop culture buffs, so I can actually sit there and talk about Star Wars for 40 minutes. I wish, I wish the haircut lasted longer. So do I. Because, you know, I always have a great conversation with Jeff. Fanta- yeah, and, and, uh, and Scotty and everybody. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all great. Yeah. I have been Dylan. Oh, and also, of course, as, as every week, yes. special thanks to Greg S. The lovely and talented um, Greg S. Uh, our, our producer and yes. yeah. sound engineer. And, 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 he, and, he, and he sets dude. the microphones in the, in the right place and all yeah. of that. And sometimes he hits a play uh, and record at the same time yeah. and records yeah. us. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's the voice <laughs> of God. It's the voice of God. Um, yes, so I have been Dylan Reimer. Who I'm are Alex you? Chisholm. I- what? Oh, what? No, no. Uh, I'm I'm still Darren Gay. Oh, and that, I just want to so remind you guys. So close to being good, that little bit, and we fucked it up. No, no we didn't fuck up. This it's is even good. better. The fuck up. Leave it in. I just want to remind <laughs> everyone raw. to tune into our next podcast, which is very special. We will discuss the shocking Oscar moment in which Will Smith smacked Kevin Spacey in the shower. Oh, yeah. Oh, and also, um, officially, we will be doing another one of our fantastic food drives. We uh, we marathon a movie franchise. Uh, we in, in, its, in its entirety, yes. uh, we haven't decided on which one it is. We're leaning towards Child's Play, possibly yeah. Final Destination. We have some, and we have some big news coming up. And we have in some the big, next uh, next podcast. Some big big news on the next podcast. So make sure you tune in. But yeah, yeah. so Friday, May thirteenth, we will be in store uh, binge watching either the Child's Play series or, or the, Look Who's Talking series. Uh, there's or, only there's four. There's four of those fucking movies. Wow. Anyway, but we'll be ra- raising money for the food bank. So mark Friday the thirteenth on your calendar and come on down and uh, donate some money to the food bank. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody be good to everybody. Uh, this has been the Black Dog Video After Dark Podcast. Happy Easter. Yes. Uh, and and uh, and praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> praise the Lord. Hey, praise him. Yeah. Ciao, Bella. See ya. Life's a piece of shit when you look at it. Life's a laugh and death's a joke. It's true. You'll see it's all a show. Keep up laughing as you go. Just remember the last laugh is on you. Hey, always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the bright side of life. Key change. Oh.